and welcome to analysis paralysis sure we'll go with that take 29 takes later intros we're trying we're trying new things i'm trying new things we're trying new things uh yeah so hello and welcome I, well, I said this in the beginning, but hello and welcome to Analysis Paralysis. My name is Luke Holt. I am your host, the only, one and only, the lonely. Only the lonely. Something like that. Um, we have a lot of shucks to talk about. First of all, I am now a 15-year-old man. Exciting. Happy belated birthday to myself. That's always fun. Uh, I had a wonderful day. My roommate, Adam, and... His girlfriend, uh, Sydney, took... I've never had a birthday where someone just takes me out and does things without telling me what they are. So we went and got some delicious coffee with some delicious breakfast, went on a small hike, uh, which was kind of a momentous occasion just because when I first visited Vegas, I went hiking a whole bunch, and now that I'm leaving Vegas in a couple months, it's very... um, uh, very bookend of him to choose that. Let me take a sip of my, my water. Um, after that, we went to the house, played some games, <clears throat> went to Korean barbecue. They gave me some board games. And now that I remember that this is a board game podcast, the two games that were given to me were... Barrage, which I'm very, very excited to play. It's a heavy game about uh, water, running a water supply and creating dams and stuff. Sounds exciting, I know. Uh, And then the other game is called In the Hall of the Mountain King, which has a game mechanic in it that I'm very excited to try. Because something that I've been looking for in a game is, uh, you know, in games like Agricola or any of those, like, essentially farming simulator games, there's a lot of resource management and usually at the end of a turn you get like two wood and a sheep and uh, while it is fun to play a tight game if you will I would enjoy to play a game that gives you an abundance of resources Uh, even if it's the same like if I have to buy something that's three wood and I only have three wood I would rather it me have 30 wood and it costs 10 wood so it's still three to one but um, I just like having a lot of resources. It makes me feel more accomplished. Um, but yeah, in the Hall of the Mountain King has this really cool thing where you start off with four trolls that each give you a resource. And whenever you buy a new troll, you put that on top of two other trolls. And there's a cascading effect where when you put that troll down, you get the resources on that troll and the trolls that are under it. So once you cover up the four trolls that you have with three trolls, kind of setting, you essentially set them up like bowling pins. Um, And so when you place one guy at the top, it trickles down to the two below it, and then the three below those, and the four below those, and so you just rake in all this stuff. It's very cool. Uh, So excited to play that. We were supposed to play it on my birthday, but we didn't because we played that game, Do Rock, that I talked about uh, when my buddy Alejandro visited, and uh, I won two games straight, which was nice, and I was never the trash boy. I never lost. So that's awesome. Uh, and Adam actually was kind enough to learn the game beforehand, learn uh, In the Hall of the Mountain King beforehand. We just didn't get a chance to play it because everyone was kind of like on a, on a time limit. Water time! 
All right. I haven't had water every time that I've done the podcast, and it's a fatal mistake. <clears throat> so, what are we going to talk about today? That's a good question. Uh, Luke, that is a good question. I'm going to review Tammany Hall, uh, which is an area control game that has been compared to El Grande, and we all know how I love El Grande, and I'll come back to that. I'm going to talk about Universal Fighting System, UFS, the game that I talked about a couple weeks ago, which I haven't played, or a couple episodes ago. Um, gonna, I just finished an anime that I've been working on for like eight months tonight. Uh, not because it's that long, it was only 74 episodes, but uh, it, I'll explain. Uh, the name of this anime is Monster. Uh, then, I already talked, my, my, talked about my birthday. Oh, so the Board Game Snobs is a podcast that I listen to on a regular basis. And uh, they're hilarious, and I sent them an email in hopes that they'll read it on their podcast, which they, I think they backdate a lot of theirs. I, I record my podcast, and I immediately upload it. So the day that it's recorded is the day that I did it, or the day that, yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> The day I upload it is the day that I did it. I don't have, like, a bunch of podcasts that I've already recorded. Um, but I sent them an email, and uh, Jerry, the kind of snarkier of the two, replied to me. And uh, let's just read what he said. Um, I told him how I'm joining the uh, Air Force. And he said, Luke, dear Luke, why not the Space Force? Fucking jackass. And he said, I will listen to your podcast and email you hate mail. It's just what I do. Much love, Jerry. And I can't stress how poorly capitalized this is. So when he says, why not Space Force? There's three question marks at the end. Why isn't capitalized? And the S and P in space are both capitalized. He, he makes a good sentence when he says, I will listen to your podcast and email you hate mail. But then he says, it's just what I do with no punctuation and there's no apostrophe after the, uh, in the it's. And then he says, much love, didn't capitalize much, but he capitalized love, which I guess is endearing. And then he put underscore Jerry rather than hyphen Jerry. So if that tells you the level of uh, intelligence that is being uh, bestowed upon you when you listen to that podcast, I think that's a good example. All right, so let's get talking. Let's get talking. Let's talk about Monster first. So as of 30 minutes ago, I finished Monster. Uh, it is a... I'm, this is going to be spoiler-free. Um, one, because I don't want to spoil anything. And two, because I don't remember enough of the show uh, over the however many months that it took me to watch it uh, to spoil it. So I'll just give a brief synopsis. So Monster is a 74-episode anime, and... The reason that I came upon this anime is I watched a top 10 uh, thriller thriller mystery things are my favorite uh, favorite movies, favorite all that jazz. And uh, I watched a top 10 list on YouTube or something like that. And I assumed that Death Note was going to be number one because Death Note is an absolutely incredible show. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Um, because it's the most, like, least... It's, like, the least anime anime that I know of. Or that I could... Uh, maybe. But number one was not Death Note. It was Monster. 
And so I searched and searched and searched, and I couldn't find it anywhere on Netflix, Crunchyroll, any website. But it's actually on YouTube, and you can watch it dubbed or subbed with no ads. That's great. The quality isn't amazing, amazing, but it's good enough. And it kind of has like a nostalgic feel. Water. Mizu. Uh, so, uh, Monster is an anime about a man named Kenzo Tenma, who is a very, very celebrated Japanese doctor in Germany. Uh, he's a surgeon, to be specific. And... He has a very uh, well-off life. Uh, he is engaged to the daughter of kind of the owner or lead doctor of the hospital. And uh, you get the sense in the beginning that uh, he's very celebrated, but also that the hospital, ha I wouldn't go as far as saying it's corrupt, but there's definitely a chain of command as far as, or a, a secret set of rules as far as, uh, you know, certain patients getting treated first if they are, you know, government officials or more important people in society, they kind of get the uh, favoritism. And so essentially um, what happens is there is a multiple homicide or murder at a home with two children. Uh, one of the children has been shot in the head and at the same time that that children that that child comes into the hospital there is a the mayor of the town in germany i'm not sure i don't recall what town in germany it is uh but the mayor uh needs uh care as well i don't remember i think he had a heart attack or something like that and so the uh his fiance's uh, dad is like yo you got to treat the mayor guy like i don't give a shit about this kid and tenma is a very morally high ground person and he decides to say fuck it i'm gonna treat the kid so he treats the kid saves the kid's life and the mayor dies and it's all downhill from there he basically loses his reputation he loses his job he loses his fiance and um then there's a big time skip uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say any more about it because I, I think that's a good enough, <clears throat> that's a good enough starting point. If you're not interested in it from there, then I don't know what else I need to do, but, uh, because it is a, it is a show that I think you'll get more out of if you don't know all that much about it, but, uh, let's just say, I'll just say this. So some people die, not just the mayor, some people die. They don't know who did it. Fast forward nine years later, and someone else dies the same way that people died nine years ago, and they believe that he has something to do with it. By he, I mean Kenzo Tenma. So, it's very good. Uh, it had a strong finish. I will say it is similar to Cowboy Bebop in the way that each episode is kind of its own thing, but every episode does tie into the you know the overarching story of Kenzo Tenma so and every character I wouldn't say that there's a boring episode but the first 12 episodes are really good they have a consistent you know they keep you hooked and they have cliffhangers and stuff but then there's a little bit of a lull uh, and 
then it picks up again uh, like 20 episodes later it's not that the episodes in between all this are bad it's just they don't hook you there's not like oh what's going to happen in the next episode what's going to happen on the next episode like i said like i said they're just one-offs water they're just one-offs but they some characters revisit you later on in other episodes and so um yeah and, and it's really it is a very intricate and deep story i'm sure you would get a lot more out of it if you watched if you watched it multiple times I'm probably going to look up a couple YouTube videos just to kind of get some background and more intimate knowledge of the show because I feel like there's definitely a lot of things that I missed because there's so much woven interconnection in the show that you're bound to miss a lot of it. <clears throat> but other than that, it is a very, very grounded show, I would say. Uh, it's really... I don't know. I don't think I... Well, I know for sure I don't think it's better than Death Note, if that's a comparison that I need to make. Death Note is much more digestible, more palatable, and I remember when I watched... I mean, I watched Death Note in like three days. Um, and this show took me... I mean, I mean, I probably watched the first 40 episodes in like a two or three week span. And then after that, it from forty episode 40 to 74, it took me like six months. So... Uh, it definitely doesn't hook you as hard, but then there are stints of episodes that keep you keep you locked in. Chapstick, <laughs> I love chapstick. Send me some if you want to. Oh, and also, um, I feel I don't plug this enough, but if you want to send a game to me or ask me to play a game and review it or ask me to watch something and review it or something cool, uh, email me at analysis paralysis luke at gmail.com bada bang bada boom limited time only just because well not limited time only I'll, I'll continue making the podcast once i'm out of boot camp and all that stuff but um yeah so before i talk about so that's monster uh i would definitely give it like an 8 out of 10 or maybe like a 7.85 out of 10 uh yeah we'll go with that 7.85 out of 10 uh next thing is something that most of you don't know about me just yet is that I am kind of a music I don't want to say I'm a mu music snob but there is a very specific very specific music that I like to listen to something that I has been on my radar is a song by J.I.D. and Denzel Curry the name of the song is the Bruh Remix B-R-U-U-U-H Remix it's a it slaps it just slaps period uh, but more importantly I listen to a lot of foreign music and like Korean or uh, mainly Korean just because Koreans are on another level of vocals but and when I say that I don't mean k-pop but if you look up this YouTube channel called ODG it has a series on there right now where they have you know young students from like middle school to high school sit in a norabong which is a um uh, it's a what would you call like a private karaoke room and uh, people go in there to relieve stress and stuff like that and they have these incredibly famous 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 enough singers that i have heard their songs before through listening to shows like uh uh i can see your voice and superstar k and stuff and i can't recommend it enough 
to go on that uh, channel, ODG, and just look for those. There's one that's called Kids Meet One of the Best Singer in Korea. Um, that's actually what it's called. Best Singer in Korea. Meet One of the Best Singer in Korea. Uh, and just the demeanor of the kids is really interesting and the way that they review and react to the person sitting next to them singing that they aren't aware as a professional singer. Um, and the singers are absolutely incredible. I've listened to all of every, there's only, I think like five episodes, but all of them are different and they all sound incredible and it, listen to it. Trust me. Uh, and you can actually turn on the closed captioning and see the lyrics in English, which is pretty cool too. Cause, uh, one of them is specifically good. Uh, yeah. So then let's talk about UFS universal fighting system. I, I mentioned this back, uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, and it's a card game that, uh, my buddy Jason and I got into and we actually hadn't played, I hadn't played it since, uh, the last podcast, but I have played it now. Uh, and funny enough, so pretty much what Jason and I did, we bought a starter deck for the street fighter set, uh, cause we both love street fighter and I played Chun-Li and he played Ryu and we sent since we sent a starter deck comes with the exact same cards no matter how many copies you buy and so we both had a copy of it so when he played a card i could put the card in front of me especially since we don't know the game very well like magic the gathering i can play online or over over facetime no problem because i know what all the cards do but this game we don't and so he would say all right i play uh, a collarbone breaker and i'd like search through the little deck and put it on the table and all that stuff and uh, I think just blatantly, Chun-Li was better built than Ryu. Uh, so I kind of clapped his cheeks a little bit. Uh, we played two games, and I, I went in, and I won. But uh, it turns out I was playing the game wrong. So essentially, there's an ability on cards that say E colon do this thing. And E stands for enhance. And essentially, each time there is an attack that is played by either player, uh, you can use the an enhance on a character more than once. Uh, so, like, for example, let's just say that Chun-Li's is enhance, give your kick attack plus one damage. I was only doing it once per turn because I thought that that was the rule, but you can do it on every single attack. So, I basically beat Jason through a handicapped version of the game, um... But then, and it kind of left a bad taste in our mouths, and we were very, very underwhelmed, because it just felt like uh, I would attack, and then we would do use our abilities, and it was just the same thing every single time. Uh, so it, was, it, was, it wasn't great, honestly. But then we busted out the Cowboy Bebop starter decks, and I had heard through the grapevine when doing my research that uh, the Street Fighter set was definitely an underpowered set. Um, because gen, uh, card games generally tend to raise their power level. So once you're a couple years into the game, cards that used to be really good aren't good anymore <clears throat> just because the game has evolved. And we play, I played Spike, or no, I played Vicious and he played Spike. And Jesus Christ, it, it was like every card we read, we were like, dude, this is like the most busted, broken card I've ever seen. And just the power level on the card was like, 
it, like someone injected the deck with steroids. It was crazy. And not only that, it was incredibly thematic to the show. He didn't get that from it because he hasn't seen the show, but I have. And just like the art on the cards are just straight up ripped out of the show. But at the same time, the name of the cards has to do exactly with that scene. And the ability on the card has to do exactly with that scene. Oh, man, it, it was just it was so sick. And spike or uh, vicious's deck was really interesting because i didn't <clears throat> i didn't understand what i was supposed to be doing because he has an ability <clears throat> sorry i'm not gonna cut that out water um it, so in the game when you uh, make an attack there's a speed and a damage damage is straightforward that's how much damage it does to the opponent but the speed uh is essentially the how easy it is to block that attack the same with like if i throw a slow punch at you you're gonna have an easier time blocking it than if i throw a really really fast jab or something right so he had <coughs> uh so like a three or four speed is the general speed of, a, of an attack because then in the top right of a card, there's a number and then a plus sign. And when you block with that card, you add that number to whatever the speed of the card is. And then you have to flip over the top card of your deck and it has to be equal to or higher than that number. It's probably a little bit too deep. But I, his attacks would like do damage even if they were blocked, but they had no speed. So they were easy to block. So it was really interesting and it just, it just totally opened up a new, whole new world into the game for us. And so I had him down to like three life and I had something like 11 or 12 life. And on his next turn, he killed me and I couldn't do anything about it. He played an unblockable attack. That's similar to what happens at the end of the show. And uh, it was just, we, we both were kind of gushing afterwards. Like, oh my God, dude, that was just so much better. And, at after the fact that I found out that you can enhance uh, your cards multiple times a turn per attack because during that game we basically if I did an attack against him in the last in the Street Fighter game I would we would both be all of our resources would be depleted just after the first attack but in this version all we had to do like we would finish an attack go back and forth for like a minute and then on the next attack, we'd still have at least like 75% of our resources to spend again, which was really, really cool. So uh, thankfully that happened because it probably would have, I mean, it kind of hurt him the most because he spent a bunch of money on uh, on the Street Fighter cards. But uh, essentially on Sunday, uh, or Monday, I spent all day creating an All Might, uh, Midoriya, and Bakugo deck. Uh, even though the My Hero Academia set isn't out, there's demo decks that are meant for people to just kind of try the game out. But the cards in it are just fantastic, and there's promo versions, so I bought the foil promo versions. And I spent all day just looking up how... Just... If... I just did a lot. <laughs> I can't even get the words out. Uh, I, I It took a lot of time, and I was adding cards to and from a cart. And the guy from RochesterCCG.com is an absolute angel uh because he gave me a 10% off code and free shipping and 
he was supposed to send me some demo decks, but uh, some of the demo decks for uh, My Hero Academia, uh, but he said he ran out of them, so he's sending me a surprise. What that is, I don't know, but shout-outs to... Uh, oh my god, I am totally blanking on his name. Let's take a look-see. It's Sean something. Come on now. Shout-outs to Sean O'Brien. He is the homie, and he he answered all my questions, and he was super sweet, and uh, gave me that money off, so there's that. All right, so let's talk... Oh, and also... I just want to give a disclaimer here. If anyone here is here for structure, you're not going to get it. I try. I truly do think. I think about this on a daily basis. I think like, oh, what's a? Can I like name my segments and all this stuff? But generally speaking, when I listen to a podcast, I most enjoy the parts where people just ramble on about stuff, and there isn't structure because it just feels like you're in the room with them talking, and that's kind of my goal with this podcast is I don't want to be like, all right, it's time for my review. And then it's like super structured and boring and stupid. I don't like it. So structure, non-existent. I just talk. And if I get sidetracked, which happens a lot, if you haven't noticed, uh, I'm going to get sidetracked and we're going to go down that road because I am a stickler for details. And if something pops into my head, I have to say it and I can't skip it. So Tammany Hall, we're going to review it. Oh, before I review Tammany Hall. See, this is a perfect example. Uh, before we played Tammany Hall, we played five-person El Grande. Five people. We played five-person El Grande. Totally different game. Totally different game. Holy shit. It is a good... It is a perfect... I'm, I've talked about this on my first podcast. It is a perfect game. There's no fat to trim. Everything that is in that box is meant to be in that box. It is an easy setup. It's easy to teach. It has incredible depth. I, there were so many things that opened up in my brain when I was playing this time. I somehow, I was in last place the whole game, uh, and I happened to squeeze out second place at the end of the game. Uh, one of the guy we were playing with, Tim, he, he kind of shot ahead of us at the beginning of the game, and we couldn't really catch up to him, even though we were all trying to stop him. Uh, but at the end of the game, all, me and the four other players were all within five to ten points of each other. So it was re- other than Tim's, you know, smoking us, we were. Uh, it was a really close game. But there was just so much more strategy that popped up out of that game. Like I was, re- I would play my thirteen or my twelve to try and go first, and then I would go first and I'd move the king. But then everyone could just respond to the things that I just did, and so it's not as good as you think it is. And then you kind of become a target for the next round. But then uh, you also have to think, you know, I was trying to play in a way that would allow me to go first on the turns before we would score for the round so that I could have, like, the best pick of the litter. But then people were playing lower cards than me because I played my one at the beginning of the game. And uh, I didn't deserve to get second place because I definitely felt like I should have got last. But I'm just not sure what the best strategy is for that game. Like, do you go wide and try to get just a little bit of points out of everything or try to get first place in just a couple places and focus on those? Because I feel like if I go first and I put three cubes in a place that has two cubes, then everyone else gets to just respond to it. And when someone puts three cubes in a cube or in a place where I have two cubes in a territory and they just outlast me by that one, 
it's like it feels crippling to me so I think I just need to be a little bit more aggressive and more cutthroat and the other thing is that when you choose one of the action cards you're able to just not trigger the ability on it which is also something that we've never really done but we did it multiple times this game in order to stop Tim from getting a whole bunch of points because whenever you score everyone scores based on where they are so um Jesus Christ. I mean, just I, I had, it was my first time playing it with five people, and it just blew my fucking mind. All right, Tammany Hall after. All right, Tammany Hall. What is it? It's an area control game. I don't know who made it. You know, let, actually, let's, 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 let's put a little structure in this one. Well, of course, it's not going to come up if I just type it in, because it's a real place. Uh, board Game Geek. Alright, Tammany Hall. Let's see. Uh, rank overall, 745. Strategy is 432, so it's top 1,000. Pretty solid. Came out in 07, has a 7.3. Plays 3 to 5 players, 90 minutes, ages 12 and up. Uh, weight is 2.78. I, I would agree with that. <clears throat> Designed by Doug Eckhart. What else has this failure done? Uh, that's it? And some other game. But who cares about that game? I've never heard of it. So. This game has been compared to El Grande. And here is why. Uh, let me pull up a copy of the board here. Just so I can kind of refresh my brain. So essentially, it, this is like Gangs of New York. If that's what you want to... If that's how you want to call it. Uh, you essentially have a huge group of meeples... And you're placing them around different districts in uh, New York, and it's very has like a very mob boss feel to it. Uh, let me let's just see what this says. Tammany Hall is a game of backstabbing, corruption, temporary alliances, and taking power at all costs. If you want to rule New York, you're going to need to play the city's growing play the city's growing immigrant populations against one another. Help the immigrant groups who owe you political favors, call on those favors to slander your rivals and win elections. So, I mean, it is a... <clears throat> the theme is there, for sure. Um, but I feel like you could kind of put whatever you want in there. So essentially, here's how you play the game. So you have a bunch of meeples in front of you. And then you have uh, these three slander tokens that you can use throughout the game, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, but then there are these little cubes, square, these little square uh, uh, wooden cubes that are four different colors. They're orange, blue, white, and green. Green is the Irish, orange is the Germans, white is the Europeans, and then the blue is the Italians, something along those lines. They represent different types of immigrants that were in New York in that time. And then there are these little discs uh, that are political favor tokens, which essentially you get by controlling an area that has that place. Uh, that or that has that same color cube. So the colors in the game are green, uh, orange, blue, and white. And there are four uh, seasons, I guess, to the game. Uh, you, the first four turns, uh, you can't use any of your slander tokens, which will essentially let you kill someone's meeples. And you play... You Essentially, the first four turns are you placing your guys on the board where you see fit uh and then after that 
the slander tokens become available and man this is a hard game to explain now i'm thinking about it <clears throat> okay so on your turn you can put a meeple wherever you want on the board at least in a five player game you can put them wherever you want i haven't played it with less so i don't know how it works with less but essentially um you can place a meeple anywhere on the board and there is a pool of those cubes and you can place one of those wherever you want or you can place two guys so either place two guys or place a guy and a cube and you do that for a couple turns and then at the end of a round there are three different tracks that the game goes through so it goes through the same the same order each time so it starts on the bottom row and goes from like one to five and then it goes from 6 to 11, and then 12 to 17 or something like that. And essentially three different neighborhoods on the map. And it's essentially like a, it's a secretive bidding game at that point, which is really cool. So throughout the game, you're going to receive uh, these those political favor tokens. And those political favor tokens are the way that you win fights. So let's just say, for example, I am in the same area as somebody else so it's one versus one and they have uh three white tokens and i have three blue tokens and then in the spot that we're standing in there is a blue cube and a white cube essentially what the cubes do is if you're in that area and you're fighting somebody it allows you to use that color of disc or political tokens in that fight. So since there's a blue and a white, and I have blue and my opponent has white, we're both able to play, bet those uh, tokens against each other. Um, so if I had orange and he had white, <clears throat> since there's no orange cube in that area, I wouldn't be able to vote in that area because I don't have the political favors from that that those immigrants, right? So essentially, in my original example with blue and white, uh, you take your three, you let the other person know how many you have, you put your hands under the table, and you pick an amount of things to bet uh, on that fight. And if you tie, you both lose, so you take your guys off the board, but if I play one and he plays none, if you have majority, then you kick the other person out and you stay in there for the next round. But the other thing, which is where the strategy comes in, is you can see how many fights you have coming up and how many fights the other person has coming up and what political tokens that they need to use what color so you can use that to your strategy so like if the guy that if, if this is my only fight he knows that i'm probably going to use all three of mine even though the the tokens carry over and i may see that he has three more fights so he probably doesn't want to use all of them on this one so then maybe i don't have to spend all three of mine in order to beat him because maybe he's going to hold back but maybe he wants to just tie me so that I don't get anything out of it. You know, so there's a lot of like rock, paper, scissors there, which is neat. Uh, and there is actually a really disgusting play by one of the guys in the beginning of the game where uh, I think all of them basically had uh, the same amount of coins and they both saw, they were like, oh, well, you know, he's not going to do anything here. And then all the guy did was bet one and he just took this huge area totally by himself, like, with one coin and it was just ridiculous um so yeah once uh so you go through those tracks and 
Once everyone has done all their fights, then you go on to the next round. And at the end of each round, whoever has the most meeples on the board becomes the mayor and gives them three victory points. And then they have these... It's kind of like a catch-up mechanic, which now that I'm thinking about is very, very cool. Uh, there are these four roles that you can give to other people throughout the game er, at the beginning of a round. And those roles are could be something like you can move a cube into your into a territory once per turn, or you can get a free political favor token at the be at, during your turn of any of your choice. Uh, you can lock down a place so that no one on your on that spot can be moved there, or no cubes can be moved there, no one can be killed. And the other one was, I think you can move a player from one area to another. Um, so. For example, in the first four rounds, I didn't really know what I was doing because I was learning the game and uh, I was given, I, I just ran out of tokens pretty quickly. And so uh, the guy ended up giving me the one that lets me get tokens because that was what I, what I struggled with throughout the game um, because it, it was a kind of hard game to pick up at first. But now, now that I've played it, I, I would love to play it again uh, because it was very, very fun. Um, but probably the coolest thing about the game is the slander tokens. And so the way that those work um, is essentially you can spend a slander token once per season. Uh, and you have three at the beginning of the game and you're only allowed to use them in the last three. So you get one per season. If you don't spend them, you get an extra victory point per one that you keep at the end of the game, which if you get really good at the game, then uh, those points will really matter. But it's just way too much fun to do slander. Um, so the slander token, essentially, if I'm in a spot with somebody, um, I can spend a slander token and uh, one political favor token of a color in that area to kill them. Or I can get a two for one where if they have a character in a space that I'm in and a space that I'm in that's adjacent to them as well, then I can spend the one slander as long as the color, as long as there's a, a matching cube color and a matching opponent in both of those spots, I can spend just the one slander, spend three political favor tokens of the color that matches in the two areas and kill two of their people. And I think during the game, everyone did a double slander every season, except for maybe one or two times. So, and it, it's not crippling necessarily because you get another turn i mean if it's the last turn of the round it's it, it definitely does suck but throughout the game and the game says this in the rules is that you can make as many promises and deals as you want but nothing is binding uh the only thing that you can't do is give someone political favor tokens which is totally fine because that would be really really stupid honestly um so there was a bunch of deal making like at the beginning of the first at the end of the first round i was like if you don't slander me, then you can s tell me who I have to slander on any of my turns during the next season or whatever. So um, we didn't get too much into negotiating. Because, one, because I didn't really know what was going on uh, and what what a good deal sounded like. Uh, but next time I would definitely be swindling and dealing. And guess what time it is? <laughs> it's water time. All right, that was some loud gulping. Uh, so yeah, review. Uh, so just aesthetics of the game, it's a pretty drab looking board. 
Um, it's just very like <clears throat> very forest green. It's like a over uh, like looking down at a city essentially. There's not a lot of detail or anything like that. It looks like an old like I don't know, just old timey writing and stuff like that. So it, it definitely has age on. It. I mean, it's from 2007, so it's not gonna be the prettiest thing in the world, right? <clears throat> uh, not gonna be the prettiest thing in the world. So um, the meeples were nice. Uh, everything was pretty good quality. Um, the cards were especially good quality. They were like almost like a really tough cardboard. Uh, but it's it. I do I do like the comparison to El Grande because it is a very simple, straightforward game. But there is a lot of meat and bones to it. A lot of uh, things to think about. Um, and I think I like it at five because you do the one thing is if you let the person in the lead, like keep the lead, you're never going to catch up to them. There's really no catch up mechanic. You all kind of have to gang up against somebody. And so everyone ends up getting ganged up on at some point, like everyone's going to get theirs. Everyone's going to get assassinated. Everyone's going to get something taken from them. And so, it, you know, I don't really agree with the people saying that games are mean, I think that games are just meant to be played a certain way. And this game is like, if you're going to sit back and try and be a pacifist, like you're going to lose every time. Um, unless you're just like a godlike player and you just make that decision. But uh, you've got to, you've got to go for the throat in this game, which is why it's fun. Cause it's all in good fun. Cause someone might get upset if you double slander them, but they can do it right back to you. Because you put your meeples where their where theirs are. So, um, but um, what would I rate it? That's a good question. Um, I've only played it once, so I I gotta treat it relatively delicately. I think it doesn't replace El Grande, obviously. Um, but I definitely did enjoy it. And playing it with five people is definitely the way to go. I think it'd be super fun. Uh, I definitely liked it. I should probably play games more than once before I review them, but I just like talking about them, so suck it. Um, yeah, I'd probably give it like a seven and a half or a seven maybe. Uh, it, it would probably go up if I like won a game in a really cool way uh, because being able to look at the board and understand the board better would uh, would be nice. Um, and I think it would be really rewarding to win that game because it does require skill because uh, apparently the guy that won has won like every single time that he plays. But that man made some good, good plays. And plus I love if if I have three coins and you have three coins, and we both have two fights coming up. How many are you willing to bet? Are you just trying to blow me out of the water? Or should I just try and, like, you know, ring you dry? There's just so many facts. I love rock, paper, scissors, stuff like that. So I think that's where the game thrives for me personally. Um, and it is a really quick... Uh, I mean, we were kind of in analysis paralysis, TM. <laughs> uh, but in the last uh, two rounds, we kind of boogied because uh, everyone was trying to, like, get home. So... Uh, I would give it like a seven, seven and a half. What does it have on uh, Board Game Geek? Seven point three. I think that's super. That's super fair. Uh, seven point three is super fair. Not for everybody. I think there are better area control games. I mean, that's essentially all that I play. 
So if you could find it, I, I would recommend playing it. Um, it probably wouldn't be one that is added to your collection because I guess people do think that it's a mean game. And so if you have people that take back getting backstabbed or I can definitely see it getting a little heated if I was like, yeah, dude, on my next turn, I promise I'll, I'll slander this guy so that you can take that territory. And then I slander them instead. Like that could definitely raise some eyebrows and upset some people. Uh, but you got to understand that it's Tammany Hall, baby. Like, we're, we're cutting throats out here. So, uh, definitely a good game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'd like to play it again with the same group of guys because now I know how they play, so I could get in their little minds. Uh, so, yeah, Tammany Hall. Good game. Play it if you can. I pro I personally wouldn't buy it just because I have El Grande, and that is king and queen and jack and ace. Uh, damn, we're at 45, 45 minutes. Uh, well, I think that's it for now. Um, hopefully I get to play Barrage and In the Hall of the Mountain King soon, and I'll review those here. Um, I'm probably going to play some more, uh, UFS this weekend. Hopefully, we shall see. Uh, and then I'll, I'm sure that I'll talk about that. I think that'll be a developing plot for me. Um, and also, my mom is a sweetheart. She sent me some tagalongs and some chocolate-covered popcorn. And uh, some other stuff for my birthday. Oh, and a, like an old-school vintage Japanese clock, because I love Japanese stuff. We all know this. Or if you don't, now you know. If you don't know, well, now you know. All right, so to wrap up, listen to the ODG uh, Korean songs by the super-famous Korean singers. Uh, watch Monster. I would, I would definitely recommend it. Um, even if it's just like the first 12 episodes and then you kind of take a break from it, but we're in quarantine, well, kind of sort of in quarantine still. Uh, so I would watch that. Um, listen to Board Game Snobs, the podcast. That is super duper fun. And anything else? I don't believe so. So if you would like to, feel free to email me at analysisparalysisluke at gmail.com uh, maybe I'll make an Instagram or something like that once this picks up a little bit uh, but we're going to have a strong cutoff here on uh, I'm leaving for the Air Force on April 27th so uh, it'll be like a 6 month hiatus or longer before I get back to the podcast but trust me it will come back in full force and uh, I'll be a totally different 15 year old man by that point so Thank you for listening. This has been Analysis Paralysis. Do I wait? Do I need to do a, an outro? I don't think I do. Um, this has been Analysis Paralysis. Thank you for listening. My name is Luke Holt. And uh, yeah, smooth, smooth outro. All right. Peace.